Alrighty, what is up everybody? Welcome back to the Wayfarers Christian Church Deep Dive Podcast. In this podcast, we take an opportunity to do deep dives on either topics that we're covering in our Sunday services or just whatever else we are interested in, <laughs> whatever else we want to talk about. I am joined, as always, by our Connections Pastor, Jacob Dooley. Hey, everybody. The the ultimate fan favorite, Ashley Wakefield. Hello. I've also noticed that everybody here is a pastor but me. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 the the um the one who gets the more fun title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh speaking of that, teaching pastor <laughs> over to my left, Noah Randolph. Hey everybody. No, I have to tell you, Toby just got this little toy gnome. And he can't say the word gnome. Yeah. He just says Noah because <laughs> he knows Noah's name. So anytime he plays with the gnome, he's like, Noah, Noah. So, you know. He, he's going to spend he, the rest of his life associating gnomes with Noah. Yeah. You, you've got a, you've got a little, little Valentine's gnome at our house that Aww. is uh, That's cute. named after I love you. that. <laughs> Noah the gnome. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we're in the middle of a series here. On oh, wait, you didn't in introduce yourself, right? Or did you? Ah, uh, I don't know. It's this is this is Nick Griffin, yes. the lead pastor, not senior pastor. Cause it's not as fun as Ashley's title, but oh. it's more... <laughs> it just comes with more pressure and anxiety. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm the lead pastor, mm -hmm. Nick Griffin. Uh, I'm super excited that you guys have joined us today. We're in the middle of a series uh, right now where we're going through the core values of our church. Uh, Jacob pointed out for us that it's something we came up with very early on and then have never talked about again. <laughs> so we've been trying to remedy that in this series. And uh, we're kind of trying to use this as an opportunity to just like talk out loud and really get our thoughts together about exactly not just defining these words, but defining what they mean for us here at Wayfarers in particular. And so we've gone through... Uh, with four of them so yes, far. Yes, you got it. You got four it. Four of them. It's the, they're up on a sign that's behind me. I'm painting a mental picture here mm -hmm. for you guys, and uh, I can't. Li I'm like awkwardly turning around trying to see how many we've got. Uh, how many we've gone through? We've gone through four of them so far. Uh, each one makes up the acronym for Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and today we are talking about the S in Ooh. the Christ acronym which uh, we use for the word sanctity. Mm -hmm. um, Noah did an interesting Google uh, search trying to figure out you know, how people define sanctity and how the word gets used, and he only found two results. That, this was actually Jacob, not me. Oh. <laughs> I found that story wrong. <laughs> given, given, credit away. Given Noah credit. <laughs> Sorry. Jacob, what were the two results you found when you looked up sanctity? The sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. Yeah. Nice uh, hot button issues in the <laughs> world of uh, U.S. politics and the church. Um, <laughs> but if anything, that just shows you that this isn't a word that people use very much. <laughs> if you Google sanctity, the only thing you get is these other kind of churchy phrases about the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. And um, <laughs> it's kind of like our ritual word. I think it's one of those uh, words that you probably would not see a lot of churches list as a core central value of theirs. But 
we think that it's really important. We think that it's really uh, essential to what we are trying to do here at Wayfarers. So we've been starting these out by just reading through uh, what we have written as our uh, description of what we mean by this core value and um, going through two different Bible verses. We have two mm-hmm. verses for each of these that um, illustrate from the Bible how these core values can be ap- applied. So, Jacob, why don't you read the description for us? And then, uh, Noah, do you want to read one of the verses? The John seventeen seventeen one I can read, or the 16 through, 16 through 19? 16 through 19, yeah. Do that one. Um, and uh, Ashley, if you want to read the other one, let's go ahead and so it's tear up. First Peter, uh, chapter two, verse nine. So, if you're listening along with us, you can pull those up in your Bible app and/or physical Bible, whatever your style is. But uh, go ahead, Jacob. Read it. Read the description for us. Yes. Priests stand as communicators between the holy and the unholy. At At Wayfarers, we believe that our lives are set apart as special, and God lives inside us. We are more than just humans holding on to the pews until we die. We are bridges between heaven and earth. We have connections to beauties, arts, and loves that define our lives. Through those connections, we hope to bring others into that same kind of relationship. And so the first verse is from John. Mm-hmm. If you want to read that for us now. All right. Uh, this is John seventeen sixteen through nineteen. There are not of the world. Uh, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. And Ashley, if you want to read the other one for us. Okay, so this is First uh, Peter 2 and 9. This is the ESV. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hmm. All right. So, it's a weird word. Uh, it's a word that's connected a lot with other words. The other similar phrases you might have heard even in some of these verses in the description are words such as holiness, phrases such as being set apart, set aside. Uh, I was going to ask, is the um, Hispanic, um, Spanish word santos uh, mm-hmm. holy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. I, I got that right. So it I'm is. pretty positive that santos comes from that sanctity Mm -hmm. uh, root word. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, And so, you know, um, uh, the whole concept, I like how even in the description we use the word special. Mm. (laughs) Um, uh, You are, the the idea of being special, of being set apart, of being something that is set aside for a specific purpose. That's really the concept that is encapsulated with... um, so much of this uh, this word in particular. Um, I don't have my notes in front of me. I just realized. Hold oh, on. yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Mm, uh, uh, just, it stays in. The power of the That's That's the glory of not doing things um, live Facebooking. Uh-huh. I can actually stop and... 
I just realized if I didn't pull up my notes, I was just going to ramble until yeah, uh, we, we, we spent time developing a, mm-hmm. a, a note for this one. Yeah. So already talk enough. We don't need me to be rambling as I'm trying to figure out exactly the points that I want to make. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the idea with this word is that it is connected with all of these other words that you may have heard for being kind of holy and set apart. Um, I think for um, a lot of us, the words of sanctity, of holiness, of santo, saintliness, um, have this idea of like separating out like spiritual realities from physical realities in some form or another. Um, But I think it's important to realize that especially in the original languages that a lot of these the Bible was written in and a lot of these words come from, uh, the the words don't necessarily mean spiritual. They just mean set apart. <laughs> they mean mm-hmm. set aside for a specific purpose. So like um, I have a, Adrian has a particular set of scissors at the house <laughs> that <laughs> are only to be used for when she gift wraps presents. They oh, are really? they are holy scissors. <laughs> they are holy scissors. <laughs> set apart. They are, they are set apart for a particular purpose. They're wow. extra sharp and I'm not allowed to use those scissors to uh, <laughs> I don't know, like cut a piece of paper or some open up a box amazon box that i got or something like that you know um they're the particular set of scissors that are set apart for a particular purpose and i think that that's one of the more important most important things for us to realize about even how we use the word i think we're trying to use it in that sense Mm. um which is just that there's a specific purpose and that um the uh set apartness or set set aside as compared to you know the greater general whole mm. is uh, a, a big part of what we mean by this. Um, it's actually an idea that you can find going all the way back into the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's an idea that uh, was very closely connected to the people of Israel mm-hmm. in particular, and that gets brought forward into the church today as well. But we think it's important to understand how it was applied in the Old Testament and for Israel to really understand how we are applying it today in our church context. So, uh, Noah, you you kind of are good at laying out this uh, path through the whole Bible for us, um, and it's a point that uh, those of us who participated in a, a missions course called Kairos makes mm-hmm. a big emphasis of. So, um, give us the the Spark Notes version. Yeah, of yeah, I'm gonna point. try and do your little uh, thing and do this in five minutes. We'll see if I can do it. <laughs> so, uh, a big. Uh, point in the Old Testament um, throughout its entirety is that uh, God, um, surprise, surprise, creates humans to be set apart um, from the rest of creation. They're unique. They are holy in some sense of the word. And we know through the story of the fall that somehow, some way, well, we don't know somehow, some way, but you you know how the story goes. We break um uh, we fall from that uniqueness. We fall from that holiness that we were set apart to do. And the whole story um, of the Bible is how do we get back to that? Um, and so what God decides to do in the next couple 
books um, that follow is work with a specific family called the family of Abraham. And uh, you see that this family is just like every other family on the earth. They're just as messed up and they are just as broken as any other family. Yet God sets them apart to be unique, to be holy in some sense of the word. Um, And so what we have is Abraham constantly... um, Uh, messing up and God constantly being faithful to him. And we see the results of Abraham uh, is sort of lived out in one covenant that God makes to Abraham in which he tells Abraham, hey, I'm going to bless those that bless you and I'm going to curse those that curse you and all of the other nations are going to be blessed as a result of me being your God and me taking care of you. And that's the point that Kairos really focused on is that Uh, God sets apart one family, the family of Abraham, to be sort of God's people that he then will use to bless every other nation. And that's kind of the story of Israel. Now, if you go through the rest of the Old Testament Bible, you know that the family of Israel actually doesn't do a great job at being a blessing for the other nations. They end up being quite uh, the opposite, in fact, and they end up in wars and everything goes awful. And the end of the Old Testament ends with them actually in exile in Babylon and we're left sort of with this hanging question of how is the people of Israel supposed to be this holy set apart nation when they were so wicked and evil and sinful and what is to happen cue Jesus who is a Jew who lives out the life of Israel and is set apart and holy and does the things that Um, the Israelites were supposed to do in the Old Testament. And as Christians, that is what we cling to, is this idea of uh, we are now um, followers of Jesus, and we are um, taking on that same mission that Jesus did, which is that we are set apart and holy, and we are supposed to be blessing to other people around us, to the other nations around us. So that's my five minutes. How'd that go? That was great. That was three (laughs) minutes, actually, so you (laughs) killed it. (laughs) yeah, that's awesome, Noah. And it this is the the point to really emphasize here is that it's something it's a it's a through line that goes all the way through from Genesis all the way through to Jesus all the way through to now. And there's two things I want to emphasize about what Noah said. One is that God choosing and setting people apart is the mo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's done that from the very beginning. Um, he chooses. Uh, human beings to set them apart. He chooses Abraham to kind of set him apart um, and uh, chooses the people of Israel. And he, he sets them apart, makes them holy, makes them sanctified in some way or another. Um, but that setting apart has a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> they are being set apart for a purpose. And especially uh, the promise you see there in Abraham is that Abraham is being set apart so that the nations and the entire world will be blessed through that mm-hmm. action. And this is a big part of this concept that's important to us. Being separated and set apart has a purpose. Yeah. God has a purpose behind it. Um, if Adrian's had her scissors and just set them aside for no other reason except that they were special scissors, that would be kind of dumb. <laughs> just be like, what, what's so special? What's so great about these scissors? They're just being set aside for no reason. But no, she sets them aside because they are supposed to fulfill a specific purpose. Mm. And the thing that we see the purposes that God has is that this setting aside of a particular family 
through Abraham and then the the through line we see as it continues on is that it is for the world to be blessed yeah and uh, yeah go ahead did you finish your like okay so when I was listening to you know Jacob and Noah and read the verses and then you know I read mine and this goes back to what Noah was saying at the very end and it's just sort of like we think of I guess sanctity or that set apartness mm-hmm. of like we stay away from everybody else who is not set apart and just stay around the other people mm-hmm. who are. And I think the point that, you know, was made in first Peter two and nine was that like the whole point is to go around other people who are not like you, because mm-hmm. even though they're not like you, you've been sent there because you are set apart because you're there mm-hmm. to tell wh- whoever is there, who is not of God, like what God says about this, what God would do in this situation. And it's like, you're spreading God's holiness in that area when you're being sent there. And I think, we don't ever get opportunity. Well, we do get opportunities, but we miss them because we're not interested in, you know, proclaiming that light in the midst of darkness. It's always, and it does. And I know that that can be kind of controversial because it kind of come across like it could be combative and argumentative mm-hmm. as if, you know, cause some people will take it that way, but I don't think at all, I don't think any of us think that that's ever mm-hmm. God's intentions, never mm-hmm. to argue people into the kingdom of heaven, but it's just, you're being placed there to be a voice of God, basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know? Yeah, that's great. You're, you're hitting on the theme of, priests and what priests are um that idea of a priest being a bridge between the realm of the holy and the realm of the not holy right Mm -hmm. and uh that is the role that uh, that peter passage is saying is it's taking all the theme of christians now assume that role of um being set apart and now we are the priests to the rest of the world, you know, and we are that bridge to those people in the rest of the world. And I think that's a great point to bring out is, uh, that's actually, uh, the first sermon I ever preached at Wayfarers was Mm -hmm. entirely on that. And, uh, it's way back there in the archives. Yeah. What was it called? It's called good news for the non-Christian. And it was a call for, um, the gospel to, um, really seep into Christians hearts to the point that it becomes good news for a non-Christian so that it transforms your life to the point that non-Christians around you around you enjoy being around you because yeah. um, the gospel is transforming your life so much and setting you apart from just regular everyday people. And I think that's really the core of sanctity, right, is mm-hmm. that call to be unique, to be set apart as non uh, chosen by God. And I was thinking about this too. The first episode we had Ashley on was uh, talking about uh, the taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that episode, we talked about how it's not, it's never been about uh, saying God in a weird way or whatever. It's been about representing the name of God as a Christian. Christ is in that name. And it's been about saying that as a Christian, I will not misrepresent that name. I will not do things that are yeah. misrepresentative of that name. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the uh, another tie into what we're talking about with this term, sanctity, uh, is that we're hoping to develop a community of people at Wayfarers that uh, are all about that, that are about representing the name of God correctly and being set apart so that we are a blessing to non-Christians. Mm-hmm. I've thought of kind of a funny analogy that kind of helps illustrate it, mm-hmm. but... Um, you guys all seen Toy Story, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, the various Toy Story movies we've had at this <laughs> point. And uh, one of the most uh, like impactful symbolic things that you see over and over in Toy Story is the way that um, Andy, the main 
child character will write his name mm-hmm. on uh like Woody's boot on like the bottom of his boot it you know it's a really big deal to Woody that it says Andy and in like Toy Story 2 when he gets like uh fixed up you know he's all broken and they fix up the Woody character they paint over that Andy name on his boot and it's like that's a that's um a big deal that's like really sad it's like Mm. a sad moment in the movie um and it's really interesting because this is the thing that you see with that old testament law the don't take the names lord's Lord's name in vain Mm -hmm. and you know kind of all throughout um in a way we are being stamped (laughs) with the name of the lord Mm -hmm. um he is he is uh we are carrying his name with us Mm -hmm. and that sets us apart you know to be Andy's toys, to be different than all of mm-hmm. the other toys. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal for the toys. And it's this is what it was for the people of Israel. Like, it was a huge deal to them that they were God's people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were God's chosen people. Um, they were just as excited about that. But the danger was, if God's going to claim you, set you apart, put his name on you, and then you're going to go act just like everybody else. <laughs> um that's really offensive and uh, it kind of defeats the purpose of being set apart in some form or another. And it's reflective of who God is, right? If you're Mm -hmm. a people that's known for being thieves and you claim to serve this God, then this God must be a God of thieves, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's, that's the really offensive bit of it. And I think that's the, one of the reasons this value is a core value for us Mm -hmm. because I feel like this is what we are fighting against in our culture Mm -hmm. lately. There's a lot of people in America who take the name of God and maybe take the name of God in vain. Mm -hmm. Um, They uh, uh, act in uh, sinful, hateful, and hurtful ways Mm. towards other people all the while doing it in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And at half the time, it feels like half the work that I have to do whenever I'm meeting somebody who's not a Christian is I'm trying to like undo all of the damage that was done <laughs> by other people who claim the name of the Lord. Right. Um, but still act just as sinful as everybody else. And so that's why it's been really important for us that we have something different about us, <laughs> that we actually like be set apart in some way or another, because we want to show people that we're not we're not trying to take the name of the Lord lightly. Uh, we 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 want to really uh, live that out in a way that honors God and uh, invites other people, like we talked about in our last core value, uh, to come in and to, and to be a part of that. And so, my only point with bringing all of this up is sometimes when you talk about words like holy. You know, the mm-hmm. phrase that a lot of people think of is like holier than thou and, mm-hmm. you know, very condescending phrases. Or they think of a rule book, handbook that you're supposed yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And lots of times it, it's kind of like holy is it holy for holiness sake. Like that's just kind of the purpose of it is mm-hmm. just to be set apart. It's like having a special set of scissors that doesn't do anything except that they just are special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what we could see is that... Um, God uh, sets us apart, but it is for in this in the same vein as the the promise He made to Abraham and to His people. It is for 
blessing blessing mm-hmm. other people. And that actually kind of reminds me as as being set apart of the group and how people have been hurt by others who have taken the Lord's name in vain. It reminds me of how, um, if you look back, you know, at the book of Joshua with Achan when he took the ho- things mm-hmm. that were supposed to be holy and. Mm-hmm. The, the entire nation gets punished, not just him and his family. And you think like, well, how is that fair that this one person yeah. did this thing and we all get punished? And I think it's because one person does represent the whole. So mm-hmm. like going back to, you know, what Noah just referenced, like it's sort of like if you come into a church and that person is new and they have one person, just one person who is very disrespectful to them on their first visit. Mm-hmm. That's a reflection of the entire church, then, mm-hmm. even though it was only one person. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like God establishing in them that like, it's not, you guys are not individuals. You are a group. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same thing that coaches will do or people in the military do. If one of you screws up, all of you get punished. So yeah. it's sort of like yeah. this idea that <laughs> you have to understand that you all represent a whole. You are not individuals. Because if mm-hmm. somebody from outside of the nation comes in and they see one person who's off, it's going to reflect bad on everybody. Because then they're going to think, oh, well, there's this commandment, but this one family doesn't do what they're supposed to do, so I can do the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like the idea that we're expected to not just be holy as individuals, but even as a, a group. So not yep. looking at as not looking at that as like an individual thing that I do, but understanding that I am also representing not just God, but then I'm also influencing mm-hmm. everybody's opinion about churches, about Christianity. Yep. And like, you know, and that's a really heavy responsibility to bear. And I think yeah. God was trying to teach them that, you know. Mm. Uh, there's a verse I can think of. I've referenced it several times because I've been studying it a lot over the last few years, but it's in First Corinthians chapter 5. And it's where Paul is upset at the Corinthian church because there's a man who is sleeping with his stepmother Mm -hmm. and is a part of the church. And Paul uses this really interesting uh, illustration of what they need to do because he tells them they need to kick this man out, get him out. And he uses this illustration of how a little yeast works its way through Mm -hmm. a whole batch of dough. And um, he tells them to get this man out. Because, uh, so that they can be a uh, holy, set apart, unleavened uh, yeast again, mm-hmm. or unleavened bread, unleavened dough again, without the yeast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that goes to what you're saying, Ashley, you know, um, sanctity being a core value of the church kind of makes it, you know, it kind of sets us up like we're just we're going to be really judgy people from the very mm-hmm. beginning and be like, oh, you just got to you got to hold up to some standard, you know, from the very beginning. But um, the reality is that uh, just little bits of compromise in how we represent God's name can work its way through the whole batch. Yeah. And you're right. It's important for all of us kind of together to be the best representation of the holiness that God calls us to. And I will say like you have been really instrumental in my life of defining holiness, not necessarily as this like spiritual thing, you know, that's just all uh, morals and uh, has nothing like on the ground that benefits people. And so maybe talk a little bit about why for us holiness represents a more physical, like, thing that pragmatically makes your church better like it makes it more enjoyable to be around makes the people more enjoyable to be around what's uh what's some of that uh, i think uh because yeah like i said at the beginning for a lot of us holiness means like spiritual versus Mm -hmm. physical um and that's why it's important to me to be giving some of these examples of 
other types of ways you can still use that same word. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably the best example of this is what is in our four Sunday cycle here at Wayfarers, we do uh, on the third Sunday of every month, we do what we call our spiritual formation nights. Mm-hmm. And a big purpose for these nights for us is this core value of sanctity. Mm. Um, these nights are for, <laughs> as it says in the title, forming us spiritually so that we can, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of forming us into the image of Christ and forming us into those sort of set-apart people that God wants us to be. But it's been really big to me that whenever we come to these groups, I, I still talk a lot because I always talk a lot because that's just <laughs> me. But um, the goal of the spiritual formation nights, especially for me, has been not to just talk and teach and try to tell you about how you need to be set apart but to give us things that we can actually do <laughs> to be set apart, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways, physical things that we can actually do um, and just different practices that we do together, you know, the importance of, of prayer, the importance of Bible study, the importance of meditating and thinking on the scriptures. And I think that all of these things, what they do is that if we are truly set apart, there's going to be a noticeable difference just kind of in our actions in the way mm. that we are. And um, the 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 goal, the dream, you know, is that Christians would be known as loving people, as people who are slow to anger, yeah. people mm-hmm. who are um, uh, kind and generous. Uh, uh, all of these things are what it means to be kind of set apart, um, not just that you are real judgy and uh, very into your um only christian music i don't know like yeah (laughs) Yeah, i think that's why fellowship in churches is so important because i think that it's really healthy to establish a kind of culture where people are comfortable coming to you saying hey i'm not being holy and i need help you know and those are some some of the things we've talked about like on the spiritual journeys about people who have struggled with certain things and then they came to these people who knew about it and they were able to help them and you know sometimes that can involve some type of disciplinary action but always being done out of love, like never out of, mm-hmm. you know, spite or hatred. So it's the idea that a lot of people, I think a, a lot of people have things fester in their lives because they don't feel comfortable telling people at the church because they know they're going to get judged. So mm-hmm. they don't want to tell people certain things. And so it just, it just becomes so big to the point where they can't ignore it and nobody else can ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it just creates this big public spectacle where everybody's like whispering about you in church. Like, did you hear so-and-so was doing that? Like I had no idea. And it was like, you know, I think churches could do a better job of creating cultures where, like, people are comfortable saying, I need help with this without yeah. being judged or being mm-hmm. brushed off, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think a big hope of mine is that we can start to show people, model it for them, give them opportunities to practice it, and give them ways to find success in overcoming some of those things. Because yeah. I think one of the frustrations sometimes is I'm struggling with something. You go and talk to somebody from your church. They're going to choose you things. They're either going to like get really angry at you and mm-hmm. just, you know, give you a lecture, which, you know, when has that ever really helped anybody change their life? You know, to right. be lectured by somebody. Or they're going to be like, ah, don't worry about it. Jesus forgives you. You know, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And it's like, no, if we are called to be sanctified holy set apart i want to change it right <laughs> i need help how could i change it how could i make this not a part of my life anymore and 
yeah, I, I really do feel like maybe part of the way so many, part of the reason so many of our churches have been struggling so much, especially here in America, is probably because we just haven't valued mm-hmm. being sanctified and holy and set apart and actually different in any way. Well, and I'll say something too that uh, I've been thinking about a lot because I've been listening to um, a series by Tim Mackey on the Spirit. And he brought up an interesting point that I've really resonated with a lot, which is that um, the fruit of the Spirit is not fruits of the Spirit, but mm-hmm. fruit of yeah, the Spirit. Yeah, it's singular. It's a mm-hmm. singular fruit. And so it's not a question of like, uh, oh, I'm good at this one fruit and not good at this one. No, it's like you're supposed to have all of right. them mm-hmm. at once. And um, working on that is a work of the Spirit. And one of the things I've noticed has been that uh, it's often uh, pitted that like it's our like duty almost to like create all of these fruits in our life. And what he talked about that I thought was really interesting and uh, really did a good job of explaining was that it's not our job to grow the fruit. That is the spirit's job, Mm -hmm. but it is our job to the garden in which that fruit is growing and so uh, if you're allowing weeds and different things in your life to grow up around that that vine that's going to produce that fruit yeah that fruit's not going to grow because you're not tending the garden you might get a wild fruit here and there but our job is to tend the garden so that our fruit becomes more and more and it becomes multiple on you know multiplies and so i love that imagery because up until that point i had always thought that like oh like my job is always to try and produce this fruit it's always to like work really hard at this thing and uh you know try and work at holiness every day of my life and every time i fail it's just like a step back in which i feel like i'm an awful human being and i can't do this stuff and in reality it's no you're supposed to develop a mindset in which you're tending a garden allowing these fruits to grow in it and it's sort of this like helpful back and forth between the spirit and you in which yeah there might be days when no fruit grows and there's a weed there that comes up in your life where oh crap I was angry at that person today and I shouldn't have been and man that's awful but like at the same time it's not the end all end all of things you know and um, you know if you're struggling with addictions and things like that it's not that you're an awful person for struggling with addictions. It's that you haven't tended your garden in a while and you're just letting it autopilot for a while, you know? And it's like, oh, what are some steps I can take to tend that garden so that I see the fruit of self-control bloom in my life? You know, like that, that I think is the more accurate way to grow towards holiness, you know? And um, yeah, sorry, that was a soapbox. but That was really good. I I like that. That was actually really helpful to hear and actually it actually is funny that you brought that up because Garrett actually brought that up last Thursday when he was talking to us in our in our engaged group and he was saying that it's not fruits of the spirit but fruits so it's good that you brought that up because it just gives like more confirmation to the truth yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how sometimes you'll hear one thing and then it's like everywhere you turn every yeah. church thing you go to is like what is this every sermon I'm gonna hear <laughs> on I feel this like topic? God's trying to tell me something <laughs> <laughs> and so but yeah, I've talked about that a lot. What would a community look like that embodied all of those fruit, the fruit of the spirit, you know, mm-hmm. love, joy, joy. peace, yeah. patience. I, and I've, I mentioned this in the sermon long, long ago. You'll not meet a single non-Christian that doesn't want you to be loving, joyful, 
kind, patient, mm-hmm. um, gentle, self-controlling. You know, like yeah. uh, pretty much every non-Christian would love a person to have those attributes and probably would want to have those attributes themselves. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's just part. That's great. Yeah. No, that's a great connection because the ultimate example you see in the Bible of a space that is set apart of a holy space is the temple mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's what the temple was supposed to be and at the very center of, te- of the temple there is the the holy of holies <laughs> the holiest space the most sanctified sanctified space and um the one of the big things that happens at the crucifixion is that that veil is torn uh into the holy of holies and the apostle paul picks up this concept later on when he's also talking to the Corinthian church and he tells them, uh, you guys are the temple <laughs> of the Holy spirit. Now yeah. the, the Holy spirit, the spirit of God is, uh, within you all. Jacob pointed out too, it's a <laughs> plural you, yeah. not a singular you, which is very important because of the group thing you were talking about too, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, you all, Y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that kind of reminds Southern. that kind of reminds me how um was it who says this? I think it's Jesus who says it, isn't it? Mm. Um I guess you guys can clarify, but it says that the Holy Spirit is not given in measure. So it's sort of like the only thing that we're given that is not given mm-hmm. partial, like some people have certain gifts that other people don't have. And it's like the idea that we all have it and we all have it equally. Like nobody has more of it than somebody else. It's just that more people are in tune with it than some mm. people are. So Um I don't know the specific verse <laughs> that that would b- would be referenced there, but uh, I I you know think that the the you know the power that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. brings is a part of the holiness sanctifiedness mm-hmm. that we uh, are striving for. Yes, and I love that point you made, Noah. That the fruit of the Holy Spirit the purpose and the fruit that comes from being sanctified and set apart in this particular way is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of which are things that everybody would love. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine what a church full of people who were that way Mm -hmm. and were described that way would do? And I think the only way you can do that is to set yourself apart from everything else. Yeah. Which is why sanctity has been so important to us. So the main thing we're doing right now is the spiritual formation night and just kind of our purposes as a church to try to put, push people towards that sanctity. Mm. Some ideas we've got in the future, because we've been, you know, telling you guys about things that we would love to do someday. Um, a, a, a big thing that we were, we've been working towards is trying to come up with a spiritual retreat of sorts that we would take um, with our members of the church, um, a time to be set apart, not even uh, just in like the spiritual sense, but actually like like physically just go somewhere else <laughs> and be in a separate space, to set ourselves apart in a separate space, separate time, take a retreat so that we can um, better connect with each other, mm-hmm. better connect with God. And I think the way we've envisioned it is that that's going to kind of be a major aspect of what we're eventually viewing as like membership into our mm-hmm. church is going and participating in this retreat. Maybe it'll be like a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. We've planned it and then canceled it like three different mm-hmm. times. We've just never announced it because <laughs> of that. Because <laughs> uh, it's 
COVID and expensive and all kinds of things like that that make it difficult. But one of the purposes we want to do that is because we think that there really is value in being set apart. Sometimes people look down on like monasteries because like monks go and they live and they are set Mm -hmm. apart completely from the people. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I do think that it is kind of a problem if you, again, are set apart without a specific purpose. Right. <laughs> um, but if you've ever talked to people who have taken like spiritual retreats to monasteries, there's a real value in like setting yourself apart for a time, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting yeah. away from everything else and focusing on that. And so that's one of the biggest things that we have in mind as one of our future kind of um, uh, missions for how to live out this core value a little bit more. We've only got one more left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the very last core value. Um, it is uh, the. <laughs> uh, I'm blank. I'm blanking on it. Oh blanking no! Blanking on the name. <laughs> Trust. I got to turn around. Trust. Oh no! <laughs> 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 um, I, I was like T T. It's Christ. It's the T in Christ. What is T? <laughs> No, this one's great. I'm excited about this one. This one's going to be fun <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, it is. Um, we talked about sanctity as a through mm-hmm. line through the whole Bible. Trust. Yeah. I If I had to pick one word that is the like major through line through the whole Bible, I think it's trust. I think this one, too, uh, is the one. You'll, you'll probably have to tell your Toby story again, even though you've told it like <laughs> five times at this point. Because uh, I think this is the one that's probably most representative of your life mm-hmm. in, in everything. Yeah, this is the one. That's probably why it's so important to me, because it's one of the ones that I really had to learn to apply in mm-hmm. my own life. And that's and probably part of why I forgot it's, about it. I know. <laughs> I forgot what it was called. Uh, but, um, yeah, if you want to hear about this last core value, trust. If you want to hear about why I think it's so important, have to tune in next week to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the spiritual formation night. That's what we have coming up this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob actually uh, just got done preaching for us on the questions we ask ourselves sometimes as to is God faithful or is he not? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be doing spiritual practice helping us to actually uh, grow in our ability to trust God. So, yeah. I think that's the it's most connecting all we've of ever had about what spiritual formation mm-hmm. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come check out. it out, yeah, come check it out. We'd you love to come. see you guys. Yeah. Uh, six o'clock, our new start time on the campus of Mid South Christian College in the Dutka Memorial Chapel. Mm. It's off in the corner. We had some visitors last week that had a hard <laughs> time finding us. So, back corner of the parking lot, Dutka <laughs> Memorial Chapel, six o'clock. We'd love to see you there. Otherwise, uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.